The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show. Cross green. Cross. With host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. <laughs> Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 190 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I'm joined as always by my co-host out in L.A., Zandrick Ellison. And Zan, uh, it happened we got a Ben Simmons, James Harden trade, yeah. like you said, was going to happen. And I said, no, this is two years in a well, row. Well, you I didn't said. have any faith in Windhorse. I I did because you you just disregard chubby people, but I, I value them as humans. That's true. That's I, a am fair I, I am united with him. And he was right. Um, the trade was happening. It happened pretty quickly. And the official details we were speculating on last week, what, what they would actually end up being. I think they're about what people expected. Oh, I, do you first. do you think that I I was I'm, actually, not, I'm surprised they got two kind of firsts. You know, there's like conditions bit, on it. I'm a little bit surprised to be honest. I thought it would just be Seth, Seth, and Ben uh, for Harden. So they, I think I think Brooklyn did pretty well compensation wise. But yeah, so, I, I the, mean, I, so you want to tell what the deal actually is? So it's, I think that was it, right? Those two, and then a pick in. So it's it's Harden and Millsap for Curry. Drummond, Ben Simmons, and then two first round picks, uh, one which would be the 2022 pick this year, but the Nets can decide to take it this year or they can defer it to 2023. And then I believe a 2027 first round pick. And well, I, and I think this is this is like a rare trade because, you know, people had a strong reaction to the Sacramento trade. Uh, this is a bonus one where even Sacramento fans were like, I don't like this trade. Um, but here I think this is one of the first times I can actually remember a trade where every both sides, I feel like are pretty happy and excited about. Yeah. I I think that I am very surprised based on what we know about the situation. And and this is such a weird trade because like it sort of just played out in front of everybody, right? Like once the Kings dealt Tyrese Halliburton for Sabonis, right? The two teams, the Pacers and the Kings were like two of the teams that made sense for Ben Simmons it was kind of just like, well, if they don't do it to Brooklyn, like they're they're not trading him, right? Mm-hmm. Brad Beal got hurt. Damian Lillard got hurt. There, there was nothing else to happen. And so neither team had like a ton of leverage. I said last week that I thought the Nets had more leverage because just keeping James Harden is better right. than having Ben Simmons where you, you don't have a guy playing, right? Because he's not going to play for the Sixers. And so I was impressed with the Nets' ability to get what they got. I don't really care. The first round picks like, the 2022 or 2023 first round pick, I think is important because they can use it to trade, to upgrade That's a little fair. bit more. That's right. Fair. But the 2027 first round pick, like those for these teams, like those picks are unlikely to help Joel Embiid, right. Or James Harden. And so I'm not a big well, believer in those being like a huge deal, except they did give the Nets more assets. And then the Sixers like improved the Nets quite a bit. I think like obviously Simmons matters. Do you think some. so? Because I mean, like you mentioned, like, you figure the the Sixers don't have the leverage because they, they have a guy who's not playing. And a lot was made of the idea that like Harden has a player option in the summer. He was not, he seemed not inclined to come back to Brooklyn. He was not happy there for various reasons. And so that became like a ticking clock. But my thought is 
so what? Like you built this team, this Nets team, on the heels of a you know an injured Kevin Durant who was over thirty. Like your window was pretty narrow, and I still think if they would have played it out, they would have had a chance to win the title this year with James Harden. Maybe an unhappy James Harden. As long as he's not sitting out. I mean, I it's, mean like, it's it's interesting. Like, they're still the favorites on BovadaSportsbook.com so as now, of right. this recording, which is insane because, like, they're pretty much in the playing spot. They 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 beat Sacramento uh, on Monday night, but they had lost 11 straight going into that with just Kyrie. Ben Simmons is not obviously going to play until after the All-Star break, though neither is Harden. Uh, it was also initially misreported, by the way, Zan. Uh, we never talked about this, but there was a reporter. There was a report from Shams Sharania that Harden was going to opt into his deal, and that is in fact false. He did not opt in on trade deadline day. Some uh, people thought it was a paperwork issue. Yeah, I'm, my assumption is that they just didn't have time to do it. Right, he just yeah. couldn't. So my guess is what he'll do is he'll just opt in in the summer and then make two hundred and fifty million on the back. I think two hundred and seventy-four million. So I'm, I'm not worried that like. If I was a Sixers fan, I wouldn't be concerned that he didn't opt in. It did seem a little bit odd that he would opt in prior to without right. at least being told like, hey, opt in and then here's your extension. But, well, but I, yeah, I, I wanna, it seemed I, I, I want to stay on one thing, though, because the idea that the I think the Nets could have won. I don't think they were the overwhelming favorite with an unhappy Harden. My point I was going to finish the thought is how many times have we seen that in the last, you know, in the 2000s, like. Kobe and Shaq like weren't getting along. They won titles. Um, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Toronto traded for Kawhi Leonard, knowing that he probably was going to leave and they decided to keep him and they won a title anyway. Yeah. Those players uh, were trying though. And I think there's a right. But you think Harden wouldn't have tried. He went back to Houston. This is kind of interesting, right? We never, this, this didn't come out until after, but like he went back to Houston prior to the trade deadline. Like he was not in Brooklyn, right? So it, it seems like he had kind of just put his line in the sand that we we didn't know. And I think the Nets did a good job of like keeping this quiet, but like he wasn't going to play. And so if they hadn't traded him, I, I don't know what he would have done. And I think- I mean, that's so obnoxious. This I, mean, is I know two you're years a hardened fan. No, I, I mean, it's hard. It's 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 absolutely- Hard like, to defend. I, I, mean, I don't like, think- I, I want to talk about one specific set of circumstances. Like for, for this trade to happen, Zan, they needed like- the COVID vax mandate, they needed Kevin Durant to get hurt. If Durant doesn't get hurt, I, I bet you they don't make this deal because they're not worried about like, oh, right. well, what happens next year? They're like, you know, we're going to go for it. We got the best player in the world. We got James Harden. We got Kyrie for half the time. We'll figure it out. Or Joe, we, even Joe Harris, like him being absent has been like a, a and, hurt to hurt their depth quite so, a bit. So at the end of this whole story of Harden getting traded to the Nets, uh, Harden and Durant and uh, Irving, I'm sure almost everybody who listens to this has seen this, played 16 games together. They went 13 and three, pretty spectacular. They did play together in the games that we got to watch, but like just a, a kind of a, one of the ultimate what ifs to me. And I think what happened is the Nets just realized like, all right, we might lose Durant for longer than we think. If that's the case, we can't risk Harden walking away in the summer and having nothing. So if they get Ben Simmons, whether or not he is a perfect fit, he's a good fit for what they need. You know, I, I think he helps them next year and they conceivably still believe their title window is open next year and the year after that. Right. Assuming. Well, can you not gloss over how much of a expletive move this is by Harden. I mean, if, I, if not, the I'm idea not, I'm not that like, over, he I'm was going to sit out or, you know, refuse to play know. for the Nets. I, I, I'm not, t- I'm not saying I know that he was going right. to sit out. I'm just but even he, sulking and wanting to leave. Like just to reiterate, like I, he didn't want to go to Brooklyn. We, he mentioned that after in the fact, which is true. He no, got that, traded there. He wanted to go to true. Philly. No, 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 that's not true. But that's what he said. He said that when he the said, trade was happening in Houston, he preferred to go to Philly 
they didn't couldn't work it out because that's a lie then if he said that what i heard in the press conference was that originally his first choice was philly and that's what i heard him say mm-hmm. but then once everything went down the reporting that we've heard is that he was given the opportunity the option do you want to go to philly or do you want to go to brooklyn and he picked brooklyn oh interesting. now whether now whether or not We've talked about this at length, like whether or not Tillman Furtado was going to ever deal him to the Sixers. I don't know. So it's possible that he felt like he had to say Brooklyn. But I thought in his press conference, he said, like, originally, I, I'm, I'm guessing he didn't assume Brooklyn was an option originally. And that's why he thought Philly was his first. Well, shot. that's kind of how so I let me just get this straight. So he, he wanted to leave Houston unhappy under a long term contract at the time. He's unhappy in Brooklyn. He's not locked up like he's in jail. You have a player option in what three months? Yeah, he could he could have waited for sure. I mean, you can't play out the season and just try to finish it. You know, suck it up and then have your freedom, have your free agency that you've never really had. Um, you can't wait. I mean, that's what that's just so mind boggling to me. Like that it got to that point where if he doesn't wait. I mean, I think I agree with you. This is this is hard to look past. I think if you're like even for me as a Harden fan, like and I I, I want to see him win. I, I really do. It, it's hard to look past this. I agree. It's it's definitely in my opinion like a mark on his permanent record. But I, I think the reason he didn't wait is because if he waits, he costs himself fifty million dollars this way. Okay. If he, but if he does I, it, now, I and I'm not it, even saying like I don't even. You know what I mean? Well, you talk about mark on permanent record. There's a way to like expunge that is to win a title, and then suddenly you're recognized as one of the best players ever. Especially if he wins a title with Embiid too. It's like two guys who, you know, they've been kind of maligned for their ability to win in the playoffs. And but so. I mean, but like leaving Houston now, leaving Brooklyn. I think there's a better than likely chance that Harden has really tainted his legacy and all time rankings in the sense that like even if he never won a title. I think now you've got to stop, you know, because, you know, in the past we would, we would have said, yeah, certainly you said like, this guy's probably just as good as like Kobe Bryant or Dwayne Wade. He just didn't I have do th- I do think that. Personally. Right. I, th- I think statistically there's an argument for that. I think in the minds of fans now, he's more in the category of like a Dwight Howard or a Carmelo Anthony or guys who like had some success, but towards the back half of their careers, like jumped around and really that, uh, lost a lot of fan love. Yeah. And Dwight actually, you know, even won a title and it hasn't really, I mean, he didn't make the top 75 players of all time, which was like right. one of the most insane things I've seen. But aren't their careers very similar in the sense that like they had really strong success early. And then as soon as they left their team unhappy, you know, the super team didn't work out for Dwight. I think he was with Harden, right? And he I mean, was they were with the in Houston, Lakers. Yeah. I, I think um, that Dwight, Harden, I, I think Dwight got hurt too. I mean, yeah, his like back was like a yeah. disaster. And who knows, maybe the Harden hamstring injury is something that will never go away. You know, it, it's very possible considering his physique. But I, I will say that I think you're assuming there are more people like me who are willing to defend Harden at any cost. He was already pretty disliked i think by basketball like people despite how good he was just because of his style of play and because of you know he did have the the game against the spurs where he sort of just quit in the second half and then you know josh smith makes a bunch of threes against the clippers when harden like had basically taken himself out and they they come back sort of without him so i I think there were a bunch of marks on harden's record prior to this i don't to be honest with you but i do think like how commonplace this is at this point and it is really, it's hard to argue that it is commonplace. I mean, we're going to see it more and more and more and more and more. I just think it's kind of whatever, personally. I, I think it is a dick move. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I do think 
evaluating kind of what happened in Brooklyn and what he signed up for is worthwhile to do, but he did sign up for it. And like you said, he did have a player option. So he certainly could have played the rest of his deal and they're not going to win. I, I would be stunned if Philly won the title this year. I don't think they're going to. And every year that he doesn't, he's a year older and probably heavier and more unathletic. And yeah, you know, this is well, probably the best chance this next three like months. We have to, we have to admit Daryl Morey did well to like hold, 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 and then and get fire the right Absolutely. Time. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I think there's a legitimate argument for Philly having a lack of shooting at this point that may really matter, but they're going to play so much ISO, I would assume. And again, who knows when we will see Harden. I would guess the first game after the all-star break, but I don't know. He rang the bell in Philly on Tuesday night. Everybody's really excited about it. They lost by 50 to, to Boston. So 48, but I think that both teams did well. I think both teams improved to be honest with you. And uh, I am very curious to see what Ben Simmons looks like because they are, going to ask him in Brooklyn to play a role that he has not played in the past. He needs to be kind of more of that like Draymond Green type guy. And it'll be interesting to see if he does it. It'll be interesting to see like where his headspace is, whereas like Harden, I mean, you know, as well as I do, Zan, yeah, the fit with Embiid's a little bit awkward, but like how awkward is it really? Like he's just going to dribble the ball. No, by yeah, they'll be fine. You know, they'll and, be fine. And they're both kind of guys where Durant's like this too, but where it's like, they don't necessarily need, their teammates to be good offensive players to no. like, have the offense be good. The, the, um, they're, they're two of the best five ISO players in the NBA. Maybe two of the best, like other than Durant, maybe two of the best three, like seriously, it's amazing how good they both are at creating their own offense. Do you know what's interesting? Um, I saw a stat cause you mentioned Ben Simmons role. How, what's it going to be? I was joking with you. He's just going to be like a big Bruce Brown. just like a guard. He might man. be that. That guy could be pretty good. <laughs> but the, I did read an interesting stat. I, I want to quote it exactly. And I, I'm missing the exact quote, but Ben Simmons obviously doesn't shoot threes. Um, but he had one of the most points on assisted threes. Yeah. He, he was, he, he, he people was like, like kind of forget that he, he was, was like fourth in, fourth in the NBA. I think Kirk Goldsberry tweeted that. I, yeah. I think. So, I mean, him with Seth, you know, Patty Mills is still there. Obviously, Kyrie and Durant. Like, hopefully, he's involved offensively and you know has a big role because I, I think it would be a waste to just like take the ball out of his hands totally. No, I, I think there's going to be a couple things. One, Kyrie gets to be your point guard now, which, despite you know, at this point, we can probably stop believing when Kyrie says things. Other than I'm not going to get vaxxed, but I think that's better for them. Durant obviously is who he is, but then in terms of just generating shots. Uh, Simmons is really, really good in transition. One of the best like transition uh, floor spacers, or not floor spacers, pushers in transition that there is. And then also how good he is defensively. Like there's going to be a couple of like lineups that should be really fun to watch, but like lineups with Simmons and Durant at the four and the five or five for Ben Simmons, plus like three shooters. What are you going to do for that? You know, well, that's what I was going to ask you this. Like their offense might be so good, especially, you know, whether it's Joe Harris, whether it's Seth Curry, whoever, whomever. Is there a point where T- Ben Simmons cannot close games? It's po- it's possible that they would need. I, I think he's, he a, he's a fifty nine point seven percent free throw shooter. He's closing games. He's going to close games. They but have a million you, good free throw shooters. Right, but couldn't you start hacking Ben Simmons towards the end of games? I think the issue with doing that, and and we can cross this bridge when we get to it. Like I said, I, I think there's even a question. I don't know how good the Nets are going to be when Ben Simmons gets back without Durant. I think they'll be good, right? But they might be a playing team. It's possible. But I, so, I promise you this, like not to cut you off. Sorry, but um, if he's playing the way he did in the last playoffs where he shot 34% from the line, 
I don't think it's going to be like the go-to strategy, but at some point, the team is going to try to hack him at the end. So the the one thing I will say about this is that I I think we're underestimating the depth of the East at the moment or overestimating it. Like if you're Philly or you're Milwaukee, you don't have a lot of guys that can just waste fouls, right? It doesn't work that way. Like if you're the Hawks, you're in a, you're in a good spot. You can like throw a bunch of guys in there, but like those teams, like, are you playing Charles Bassey to just get six fouls? I don't know. And even so, like, I'm, let's I'm say just thinking the, if Ben Simmons shoots, let, let's say Ben Simmons shoots his career percentage, 59% from the foul line. Right. It's probably better for the Nets offense to have Ben Simmons get fouled in terms of like what that points per possession is. So like, I'm, I'm not, but that, that's 59. It's about 60 in the regular season. Right. Small sample size, 52 in the playoffs. Right. So it might be 50%, right. One point per yeah. possession, but like, that's a, not a terrible result. I, I I'm just saying like, I think that, it's hard to judge if that's what teams will do. And I'm not, I'm not saying they won't, but again, I, I don't personally, given how far the nets have fallen, like I think them being the favorites on Bobada is like a little bit crazy because, you know, obviously we don't really care if they get home field, home court advantage, but like, are they going to be the sixth seed or above Zan? I mean, that's a real question. And I think, you know, if they're the 10 seed and they have to play two extra games and like they have to fly in between them, like that's a lot to put on them right away. Well, they might be in the playing tournament without Kyrie Irving too. Right. Like it's, it's, it's really an interesting thing. Like they, they need to get into that sixth spot. And we haven't heard anything about Durant other than like watching him get trolled on (laughs) NBA on TNT by inside the NBA by like Charles Barkley, which was hilarious. But like, I'm serious. I don't think they're going to miss the playing tournament, but being well, they, in the play-in tournament is right. a huge disadvantage. Well, I agree. They have to get top six. And that's not going to be easy because you have Boston's heating up. Some people think they're one of the best teams in the NBA, advanced ass-wise. Philly's get, getting better. Um, I think, but to me, as long as they're in that top six, like the only team in the East that scares well, me. Yeah, like Milwaukee, to me, it's like shocking I, that they're not the favorites. I definitely do think that Philly should be can taken seriously in terms I agree. of they have two I think guys they got that better. Can, yeah they got better right they, i mean they, they went from zero to you know a top 20 player let's say um yeah and i mean and people are mad about seth curry but like as much as i like seth curry like harden starting instead of seth curry is very drastically an upgrade to your starting lineup that's just well, and also like seth was a guy that people would pick on defensively i i that's why i would not have made the trade if i'm brooklyn to be honest I think they did well given the circumstance and maybe if Pardon wasn't going to play or didn't have his heart in it, it just scares me to make Philly a legitimate Better. contender. Yeah, Give, Giving Embiid help in the playoffs is a scary yeah. thing because he's been really, really good when he's played. And one of the biggest issues has been their offense has been the biggest problem in the playoffs. They've never had real issues defensively. And so like Harden, as we know, can be lazy and like not locked in, but largely like he does well in switches when he pays attention. He's fine. Like he, he's an adequate defender when he's giving effort. And like Seth Curry is not that right. Given his size. I mean, he got absolutely toasted against the Hawks last year. So I think the, the, to me, the bigger loss is like Andre Drummond is a good backup center. And I think that they struggle with Embiid off the floor, obviously, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see Steve Nash, you know, how do you juggle? Cause you, you have the potential to be very small if you want to be. You could also be very big if you. You could be. be very big, and you could have Drummond like everyone hates on Andre Drummond. But imagine trying to guard all those shooters and then also boxing out Andre yeah, Drummond. Drummond's like Drummond is good, right? Like Drummond is he's he's averaging three offensive rebounds per like, eighteen minutes for, for like what Andre Drummond does. I understand that like when he got a max contract or close to it, everyone was like, "Oh, this is a bad deal," and that's fine. It is, but like 
for 20 minutes a game, like Andre Drummond is like a pretty good NBA player, except for when he tries to like throw pocket passes from like the foul line and stuff. Like he does weird stuff like that, but Andre Drummond is a good player. And he is, I mean, the Nets on paper at full strength are really good, really versatile, really switchable. Yeah, they they, I, they I legitimately the have one, the, the one, one thing they lack is maybe like a Giannis stopper. And I think that's a problem. That's Ben Simmons. What are you talking about? <sighs> Giannis is just so big. Yeah, yeah. Giannis, yeah somebody, he, he somebody mentioned that Tuesday night, seventeen for twenty-one from the from the field. Like he's the best player in the NBA. Like, what are we talking about? We don't care. <laughs> well, you know, somebody. I think it was Bobby March or somebody tweeted about it. Like he went to a game and he took a picture of Giannis just because he was like marveling at like how big Giannis is compared to like centers. Like, and I we thought that in the finals, like he looks bigger than DeAndre Ayton. It's like, what are you going to do? It's ridiculous. I mean, in terms of like Giannis stoppers, like you you don't really have. You know, like Kawhi Leonard is probably the best perimeter defender that we've seen in the last 15 years-ish. And, uh, you know, he, he wasn't going to stop LeBron, right? You just – Ben Simmons is the best perimeter defender in the Eastern Conference right now. And so, like, that's what the Nets but, just I mean, got. If, is Giannis reached in. the point where he was obviously, like, whatever, 17 for 21 the other night or whatever? Is he at the point where it's just, like, he is so good. He is, like, Shaq in his prime. Where it's just like you just can't stop this guy. Like, him, him it and, doesn't matter how good of three point shooter you are. If he's going to shoot seventy percent every game, like what are you going to do? He and Jokic every single night. Like the stat lines are just ridiculous. And, and Embiid's been like that too. To be honest with you, I, I should mention that. But like, it's just like I, you just expect it. You know, like. But Jokic, why is why is Bovada and all these sites like not respecting Milwaukee as one of the top title contenders, if not the number right, clear so number? Well, one. let's let's talk about that. So Milwaukee. Makes a deal. Let's let's bake this in, right? The Kings made a good trade, I thought. They they got Dante DiVincenzo from Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee gets a Baca from the Clippers. Very odd. And then uh, the Kings basically just, like, took salary, right? They took, like, Trey Lyles, Josh Jackson, and then DiVincenzo. So good, good deal, I thought. Then Milwaukee has Pat Connington, like, break his hand the same day. They traded Rodney Hood also. So, like, their, their wing depth is, like, limited. And I think that's kind of the problem is like at full strength, I don't think anyone's worried about Milwaukee, but at the same time, like their depth is just not great. We don't know if they're getting Brooke Lopez back. Connington's supposed to be back by the playoffs, but you just traded uh, some of your wing depth, a good young player in DiVincenzo because you know you can't pay him. And I think that like they trade Ibaka because they know they need another big. It might not matter, Zan. It's very possible that you're exactly right and that they're just going to roll again. But like, it's not like Milwaukee's been playing like amazing. It, it really true. isn't. Well, you're right. There's definitely some cracks. And but part of it's just that they've been like amazing for like three years now. And it's just like, we, we know who they are. So, right. And we've seen them do it regardless of their competition. Like, I think a lot of people discounted the title last year because Brooklyn was hurt, but we see now that like Phoenix is legit and Phoenix they really beat good. Phoenix. So like Phoenix they're really a worthy good. title team last year and they're, they should, there's no reason to think they won't be again. I don't know if they'd be favored against Phoenix I think they. I think they would, would but I'm not sure. Not. I don't think they would be favored. But Assuming it's clear, Phoenix like has, it's, whoever has home court, I think would be favored. So Phoenix. Well, and that would be Phoenix because they're like 11 games up right now. But um, I, I think people are just sleeping on them. Like I, I don't know. The interesting thing from Philly's perspective, Brooklyn's perspective, you say that they have some issues. You mentioned they're the fifth and eighth seed respectively right now. If you had to take combined Philly and Brooklyn's title chances against. The one and two seeds in the East, Miami and Chicago. Do you think those two teams have higher title odds? Should have no. higher odds. Are you talking about? Do I think Brooklyn and Philly should? Or yeah, Chicago? like are, is their upside higher than the top yes. seeded? Yes, Brooklyn and Philly, absolutely. I don't know that they're uh, upside. I don't know that like Bovada should have 
them in front of Milwaukee. But I would say that I think those three teams should absolutely be the favorites right now. And then Boston, I think, deserves some credit for sure for you know rising from the dead and there i think and getting Derek white we mentioned solid we'll talk we'll talk about we'll talk about that in a second because i do want to talk about the other thing sacramento did which was they traded marvin bagley to detroit and you know an inauspicious exit for your boy marvin bagley number one on your overall board you know uh, but he, he's one of those guys like Markel Fultz, where it's like their rookie contract is actually like an overpay now because he's yeah. getting like twelve million. I don't know a year why. I, I understand why Detroit did it, but I don't because if they just wanted to sign Marvin Bagley, they they could have just signed him for less than they're paying him and not given up anything. I think, mm. but I think they wanted to get Marvin Bagley into Detroit to see what's there because you it's not really Sacramento's not really like a place for him at this point. I, I think, but I don't know. I, do you think he's a bounce back candidate before we talk Marvin about Bagley. other good teams? Like, do you think Marvin <laughs> Yeah, talk Bagley- about like burying the lead. No one's talking about I, but I love Marvin Bagley as you know. I loved him in college. Um, obviously he's been a disaster in the NBA. I think there's some potential, you know, it kind of reminds me of. Um, and I think Detroit might have referenced this. Christian Wood hadn't had a huge opportunity. He had been productive in like the G League and stuff, but there was a period on Detroit again. When Blake Griffin got hurt, and then Christian Wood like blew up over really the last good. month yeah, and, really and got a pretty big contract. So Bagley definitely has a chance to prove himself in a limited sample. And I think, by and meanwhile, in Portland, Anthony Simons is like exploding. He's his just like value rolling. As well. Yeah, I mean, you he's going to make so. a lot of money. And I don't know. I just think that like Detroit should be taking opportunities like this. And I do think that draft nerds and like cap nerds are kind of like, well, why are you trading second round picks? And it's like, I don't know, man. Like. Yeah, but I think can... who would you rather have at this point? Because they, they liked Isaiah Stewart last year more than this year. It seems like the fans. I think Bagley has more upside. Like, I'd rather see what he has. I guess. I don't know who I'd want. <laughs> Isaiah Stewart's like <laughs> fine, right? It's so. weird, though. They talk about teams that stand pat, not to overdo it on Detroit, but I'm surprised Jeremy like, Grant's Jeremy on the Grant team. didn't move. Kelly Olinick. Kelly Olinick, right? yeah, who could help some teams. He's, he's, and he has I just a pretty think, big salary. I think we ended up in a situation. And this is the same thing, like, obviously the biggest deal that didn't happen that we that we heard rumored was Westbrook in a first-round pick, a protected, like, 2029 first-round pick for John Wall. But that didn't happen. The Lakers said no, as far as I know. But I think the teams overestimated the value of veterans on bigger contracts. Like, Eric Gordon absolutely should have gotten moved. It makes zero sense that Eric Gordon's on Houston. And it makes zero sense that somebody wouldn't even kind of overpay so I don't even know what Houston must have been asking for, but like Jeremy Grant, like he's got a, he's under contract what for another year after this one, so like he could help someone in the future. Like Gary Harris, like probably could help somebody, right. and he actually might get bought out, but he makes twenty million. And I think that teams, I think that the contending teams that are close to the tax line didn't want to take more salary on if they and they want to kind of decide if. All right, well, like Orlando, are you going to pay Gary Harris or are you going to buy him out? Like, are you going to pay Eric Gordon? They certainly will. Eric Gordon will get traded before draft night, I'm sure, in the summer. But like, I think that teams are just going to like see, like, all right, are you going to buy guys out or what and not take on more money for the tax line because of how over the tax teams like Brooklyn and Golden State are and how much money you get back, which is kind of why Boston, circling it all the way back in for a segue, traded Dennis Schroeder to Houston for Daniel Tice and like nothing because they wanted to stay under the tax line and they took Derek White's contract in that deal with San Antonio, which makes them better in the short term, I guess. But at the same time, from a financial standpoint, they had to make some 
moves and they end up dealing Dennis Schroeder, who's like a useful guard in the playoffs. If you are Boston, you think like, Hey, we're going to go for it. Right. And so I, I just think that that's what teams were doing was just that they wanted to stay under the tax line and they weren't going to surrender assets and take on more money. And I think that that's one well, of the and I think why part of it is like, I think some stubbornness on both sides where you talk about like Eric Gordon or Detroit with Jeremy Grant, where it's like, we feel like these veterans are solid values. I want a first round pick for them. And then teams being like, they're not really worth a first. You're a good first, you know? So like it becomes that thing where there's such a big difference between a first round pick and a second round pick, which seems like meaningless. Um, So let's, but like, say you're the Lakers, like not to harp on them, but like, just to stand pat seems very bizarre. Like, why not try to get an Eric Gordon? Why not try to get, I don't know about Gary Harris, but like even Kelly Olenek. Like, my guess he is, help the my Lakers? Guess is, my guess is the Lakers. And, and again, this is where you kind of like, it's like a ticking clock, if you will. But like, my guess is the Lakers feel that Westbrook's contract will be much more tradable in the offseason. I yeah, would be stunned probably. if he is on the Lakers. I, I'm pretty sure that like Bovada should like pretty soon put up odds for like what team will Russell Westbrook be on next year like Oklahoma City maybe takes that deal I don't know but if they do that and they couple that with like a first round pick I think I saw that they can use their 2029 first round pick because right now they don't have any others they can deal plus like they could deal Teal and Horton Tucker with that pick and maybe get you know a better fit buddy buddy healed if you will Something right no like they that. can yeah I mean and they, uh, if the Lakers wait to the offseason they can trade and, and there is nine pick now too yeah and there is always a chance that like LeBron and AD just go supernova in the second half and they don't have to make any deals. I, I don't anticipate I think that. Yeah, it seems to happening. me like they punted to next year, basically. It does seem like you saw like Rob Palenka was like supposedly at Disney World, like people were taking <laughs> pictures of him. And it's like, man, I don't know. Let's talk about and Rob Palenka, by the way, a little slime ball, typical agent move, asked about like their non activity at the deadline. What did LeBron think? What is AD going to think? And he's like, uh, you know, we consult them on all this stuff. And so he basically like passed the buck where he's like, I'm not really in charge of this roster. Yeah, I mean, I saw, I saw that. And I, I think that like, I don't know, you don't always have to make deals. And I, but I, the problem with the Lakers to me is just that like, it does feel like they punted for next but, year. But and also like, talk about the stubbornness, open, you know, on both sides, when you talk about Houston, where it's like, Oh, we want a first round pick to trade John Wall. It's like you're not playing John Wall. You're just like gonna you're on the verge of buying him out. Why would you they're not gonna buy him? I mean, they're not gonna buy him out. But like why would they get an asset for John Wall's contract just to buy out Russell Westbrook's contract? It doesn't make sense. That's what people do. All right, let's talk about Boston because like you said, they've been playing a lot better. And so they trade Derek White. They trade for Derek White. Uh, my guy Romeo Langford, unfortunately, is no more in Boston. Panda. You panned for gold, and it came it up with pyrite. I thought it was a good deal. Honestly, I want to. I'm trying to figure out the actual like uh, the whole deal just to make sure because it's well. While you do that, I'll say that. All right, I got it. Adoka, by the way, played Langford 16 minutes a game. Peyton Pritchard 12 minutes a game. Aaron Neesmith, who everyone seemed to like before the season, 10 minutes a game. All right, so. It, it is uh, Celtics out Derek White and the Spurs get Josh Richardson, which is essentially a contract, Romeo Langford, and then a protected 2022 first round pick. I, I thought the Spurs deadline moves were really good. They got picks. They got a ton of picks. Honestly, they have a lot of flexibility for whatever it is they decide they want to do in the future. I'm not sure what that is, but the, the Spurs have maintained a lot of flexibility, but obviously Derek White's the, the key part of this deal. And I think that the Spurs moved him for a couple of reasons, but the one being that, DeJounte Murray seems like he's a star. 
And then Derek White's kind of blocking all the other young guys that they need to see. Are they going to be another star? And Derek White is a very good player, but Derek White is not a star. And so Boston, I was, I thought was kind of an odd fit for him, Zan. I thought Derek White made a lot of sense in a lot of places. Boston, like. I, I see. I disagree. I really like it. Um, and you kind of reference like, look, um, in a way like Derek White, you know, he's kind of a combo guard. He's been playing mostly shooting guard. Uh, but him and, you know, Deontay Murray is like locked in at point guard for them, obviously. And I think at Boston, he, Derek White can play, you know, some more of like the de facto point guard. Cause you know, they have good wings. They don't necessarily need him he, to do a lot. He's like, not really though. Like he's not a great shooter. He's, he's an okay shooter and he's not really like a pick and roll guy either though. Like he's not like a pass he's more of like a, who does this sound like to you? Streaky shooter. Odd pick and roll ball handler, really good defender. Who who does that sound like? Well, if you're saying Marcus Smart, yeah, like I, I think mean, he's I think very... he's just better than Marcus Smart though, offensively. Yeah, I, I, it's possible. I mean, but and also like having both. Like I think he'll play a good amount of minutes, justify his contract. I just think it adds a little more firepower to a team that needed it. You know, they're they've been hot, but they're still bottom half in offense. I just think the end. You know. I don't know. I mean, Tatum's heating up a little bit. I mean, he's under contract for playing well. I think he's under contract for four more years after this one. Like, I think his extension just kicked in this year. So, like, they've got him for three more years. I honestly, like, I think they've looked for like a sixth man or whatever, seventh. So, why did they trade for Daniel Tice? Like, what do they need another center? I think they liked him. They've always liked him for whatever. I mean, they traded Enos Cantor in that Dennis Schroeder. I'm sorry, Enos Freedom in that Dennis Schroeder deal. Houston waved him. A lot of right wing sites think that the NBA is uh, boycotting Enos Freedom now. So he did cancel his appearance at at CPAC. CPAC, I saw he was like, uh, I need to figure out the basketball stuff first. And Enos Cantor is certainly a playable NBA player at this point, but I don't know. I mean, he's so bad defensively. It just like doesn't really make sense. If you need somebody to like get points and rebounds on a terrible team, it makes sense. Houston doesn't need that because they need. It sucks for like Enos Freedom or Jaleel Gafford where it's like, put us in for 10 minutes. We're scoring 12 points a game and somehow I can't get a, deal you know but they just this is not the place for them anymore i just um, i just wonder that like the, the the Derek white thing i'm just very curious to see like the fit because like what are they going to play like Derek white marcus smart tatum brown and then robert williams like that's a pretty good lineup but like you're not you're kind of light on shooting you know and you still but have- i just think like to my earlier thing it was like they were really struggling to develop their young guys into reliable rotation players for whatever reason. I don't know why. And so I think locking in that like top seven is going to be helpful for them. And they also Um, put in a pick swap in 2028 for this. So like they wanted Derek white, like they paid to get Derek white. And then also notably, I was kind of like Derek white. Cause he was on that one, like Olympic team. It wasn't the Olympic team. It was like the team USA, whatever world basket or whatever the pre tournament was. They didn't win, but with Popovich, and I think uh, Ime Odoku was an assistant on that team, so he must like him just like on a personal chemistry level too. Well, I think um, that, I think too, Boston is going all in on defense, right? Like they're the num- you said. I think as of our recording, they're the number two defense, and yeah, the getting two Derek defense, White, they're going to be an absolute nightmare defensively. Like that's I, and I'll go one step further. This is my bold pick of the day. I'm not you know they're sixth right now, trending up. I think Boston is a better team right now in the playoffs because you don't really need that much depth in the playoffs. I think they're better than they have a better chance of going to the conference finals, let's say, 
than Chicago and Cleveland. What do you think of that? I mean, I think it's a reasonable take. I don't think it's I don't think it's particularly spicy. I think the issue is going to be can they score in the playoffs? That's the biggest thing. Or are we going to watch them play a bunch of games in the nineties? Which is possible, but but like Chicago gonna, is hanging on to the two seed. They're twentieth in defense and like trending down. So let me ask you this. You said Boston. Let's say Boston. Boston plays Brooklyn in the second round. Does it matter how good Boston is on defense? Are you going to keep them? You going to hold like the full strength Nets to hundred points? Maybe you are. I don't know. Yeah, I don't but know. Like, I just think like, I think Boston's counting on. Not that they're counting. They're just trying to make the best of what they have. But Brooklyn and, and Philly, we just talked about like high upside, but pretty low floor. I mean, Boston's you know? good. They have a high floor. I agree. Boston has played a lot better. It's like, like if I had to rank, put the East in tiers, I would say Milwaukee's clearly the best team. And then two are like the teams that have the chance, like title upside in Brooklyn and Philly, but might lose in the first round. And then teams like solid B plus teams like Miami and Boston. And I don't know, maybe Toronto. I, Cle- I, Cleveland, know. Cleveland and those guys I, are all in that. Yeah. Toronto's playing well too. Um, I mean, the, the, the top eight, even even like Charlotte is like they've they've been playing worse of late, which is pretty standard. Gordon Hayward's hurt now too, but like they traded for Montrez Harrell. Uh, but you know the, the, that top seven is is good, right? And like it's just the bottom yeah. line: the East is deep enough at the top. It should be a really fun playoff. Like you know whatever. Let's say hopefully we get Philly Brooklyn just for the storyline. But yeah, I mean that would be ideal. But if it's Boston Brooklyn, which you reference, like that would be a good series in round one or wherever it is. All right, let's talk about one other East team. Probably the most surprising deal of the day. I don't know if it was the last deal before the deadline. It was definitely the last like big deal. The Dallas Mavericks trade Chris Davis Porzingis, which mm. we have been talking about now for a while, to the Washington Wizards, along with a second round pick for Davis Bertans and Spencer Dinwiddie. And I very think- interesting low key. Like Porzingis, like I feel like people forgot he existed almost. And he's been pretty freaking good this year like he's he's, bizarre this was honestly one of the weirdest moves to me i it doesn't it makes a lot of sense for the wizards right like you you take a shot on somebody like porzingis if he's healthy he's good if he's not healthy you know you're probably going to rebuild anyway i don't know if they potentially talk to brad beal like hey will you play with porzingis like is this a guy that you could see yourself playing with uh i don't know what dallas is doing I, I don't honestly, I don't, I don't really get this deal. Zan. Like I, I, I don't, I don't I, understand it at all. Like I understand they did. They, you know, regretted Porzingis. They didn't, he wasn't the guy they wanted him to be, but they basically turned his contract, which he's, I think he's got 70 million left on his deal into Spencer Dinwiddie. Who's been very bad right yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. And allegedly was not well liked in the locker room. And Davis Bertans, who has been just abysmal, right? And and I think that Bertans with Luca will be a lot better. For sure. And so they basically took that, split his contract down the middle, and got back two worse players who have much more defined specific roles. But like, it certainly like makes me less bullish on them. We were talking them up last week. I, I, there's two thoughts I have for why Dallas did this. Tell me which one's more realistic. One is like. We acquired Porzingis to be a second star next to Luca. We want a big two. And then they realized, like, I don't even think Luca needs anyone else. We're going to make, like, Houston and James Harden just have him have the ball every single time. So we just want to surround him with shooters like Bertans. Maybe that's a possibility. The other one is, did they do it more for Dinwiddie? Because they're, 
maybe they don't want to resign Jalen Brunson. No, I don't. I don't, really I don't think, think it's. I, I think this thought is correct. I don't think it's that they don't want to. I think it's like insurance if they don't. Right. Because the two of them, like, you do not want to invest in both. Right. Like Dinwiddie's making a decent amount of money. Dinwiddie's Brunson's contract. Make... Dinwiddie's contract is is well structured though. In that the third year is like only ten million guaranteed. So like you're not paying him a ton at the end of. But the you field. can't play those guys together, really. Right. So. I think you probably can. I don't know. Honestly, I I just want to know what made Dallas make like the Bretons fit makes sense, right? It's a lot of money, but like if you find him as like a long range bomber who gets Luca more space and like he's he's back, like great. He makes a ton of sense. But like, is this the best that the Mavericks could do for Porzingis? Like they they felt like they absolutely had like we didn't even think he was on the block right like I went on the athletic to like look at their trade big board he wasn't even like one of the forty players listed right they had, I didn't know they had a big trade big board that's cool and, and so like I I just don't like what does Dallas like there's got to be something internal that like Dallas just knows about Porzingis that they just don't want to talk about right and and part of it's that he's frail we know that he's frail soft eyes. Yeah, soft uh, eyes. Dan Dockage, <laughs> proven, <laughs> proven right again. When's that guy ever been wrong? So, like, but I just think that, like, but I think they're scary in the sense of, like, offensively, Lucas surrounded by shoot, great shooting. Like, he's going to put up like 50, 10, and 10 in the playoffs, but aren't they going to lose in round one again? It just, it just feels like this formula doesn't work. I don't know. I, I truly don't know. I like, I think that Washington did great here. I think that there's no downside. Very it, it, no. Well, there's it's very interesting to take on another star long term contract. Like, well, it's not really long term though, right? Like, he's, well, is is this like an indication that Beals is going to stay and they're going yeah, to they're, they're big too? I mean, that's kind of my that's kind of like my question is like Beals are out for the year. You guys know my opinion on Brad Beal. I'm less of a fan of late than I than I've been in the past. But like, if you're Washington. Was it just that Brad Beal was like, if you get rid of Spencer Dinwiddie, I will consider staying in DC? Yeah, like he was like, clashing, hey. and and people would make fun of the idea of Beal and Porzingis as like the core. I mean, I think that's a playoff core if you could surround them with the right pieces. Dude, I, the the other thing that I'll say here, so Washington also traded Montrez Harrell for Ish Smith and Vernon Carey, and so I do think that DC was just. I mean, this is like the third time Trez has like kind of like left the team for very little, right? I understand that he was in the Russell Westbrook deal, but he was clearly unhappy with the Lakers. We know he was unhappy with the Clippers. Washington must have really wanted out from Trez because he was actually playing like decently well, and they they traded him for nothing on an expiring yeah, contract. No, that's like, interesting. I mean, and then they also traded Aaron Holiday for like a top forty five pick, like a, a top forty five protected second round pick. So like, you know, those were three new guys this year. And they, well, it's interesting that Washington. This is not the blow it up move, though. No, to trade is, for Porzingis. But, but, but again, like, th- th- what's the downside to this? Seriously, because yeah, Dinwiddie like, wasn't working, right? And Bertans was like a, that was like a toxic asset with their current <laughs> roster. Well, and also the Bertans one was one of the most head scratching deals, just because he was like an injured. He'd been towards ACL twice, not an athletic guy, and you gave him like a five-year, six-year deal or something. It was, like, very odd. Five years, 80 million or whatever. And, and so, like, I just think that, like, if you're Washington, like, again, this gives you some more flexibility. I don't know what it means for Beal. I do think, like, you know, your Beal, Kuzma, like, Danny, Porzingis, mm. like, they, they still need a, they need a legitimate screen 
and dive point guard, I think. Like they need to spread pick and roll point guard. And I don't know who that's going to be. But also I do want to Kuzma, think, Kuzma and Porzingis, like your four or five. Is that, is that what they can play together? Right? Kuzma's yeah, a I, can't, I don't I don't hate it, by the way. <laughs> I don't want I mean I don't want to play Kuzma Kuzma as a three, right? If I'm Washington. Right. And unfortunately you might have locked yourself into that because like you still have Daniel Gafford and like, you're probably not going to play Gafford and Porzingis together, but you can. Right. Right. No, but I think they kind of realized that Kuzma, I think was always overrated, still overrated, but playing him at the four, keeping him a little closer to the basket. He's he's much better. Like he's just fine. He's just not the third star for the Lakers. I just, the, the, the Dallas piece of this is just so interesting to me because they had been playing so well. And Porzingis had, you know, I, I know his shooting numbers were bad this year, like way worse than they've normally been, but from, you know, like an efficiency standpoint, like he had been pretty good. And now Luca's like playing incredible, right? He, he's, he's elevated his game and he's putting up numbers that we were used to him seeing. And I think it's a good lesson for the two of us hot take artists for like Boston and Dallas with new coaches that it took them, you know, two, three months to really feel but, comfortable. Yeah. But you know, what's interesting about that too. They're both like heating up and then this is sort of like stalled my enthusiasm for Dallas, but is this the first time in a while? Because they're about the same record, half a game difference, about the same seed, five and six. Is it clear? I think maybe the East is just better than the West right now. Like one through hmm. eight. I don't, yeah, one through eight, maybe. Because like, no, I don't know. I'm looking at the top six right now. And even if you include Minnesota, like Minnesota. Well, and we could do this Brooklyn. exercise if you don't mind. Let, let's try this. I'll give you two teams and then you tell me who would win a series, Okay. And the way I'll do it is just go by seeding. So one versus one, two versus two, three versus well, three. Well, that's so, not good though, because like, no, Phoenix I know, but like, in. let's just say, let's okay, just say, let's do it. Okay. So Miami versus Phoenix. Phoenix would win. Okay. So West is up one. Chicago versus Golden State. Golden State would win at full okay. strength. Yeah. So you mentioned those were probably not like the best teams in the East, but whatever. Milwaukee three, Memphis three. Great matchup. Really excited about it. Probably Milwaukee this year. Yeah. Cleveland four, Utah four. Utah, I guess. I based on yeah. So West, this is not just, looking good for my theory. They just, but just, they just traded for Nikel Alexander Walker and with Joe Ingles' deal, which you know, whatever. Oh, wait, I, I, Utah the, probably the East, deal. East is down three one. Can they make a comeback? Philly versus Dallas. I don't know. I, I would flip a coin on it right now, not knowing with James. Harden. I would say Philly. I, I guess. Look. I guess Philly, but it'd be fun for sure. Boston versus Denver, presuming Porter doesn't come back. If Denver's in full strength, I'd rather have Denver. But of their I'm, teams, I'm saying Boston just because right now, I don't Boston, think Denver. I guess and Toronto versus Minnesota. I would, I would take. I would take Toronto. Yeah, and then Brooklyn versus the Clippers. I mean, at current strength, I think Brooklyn. At future, yeah, for I think sure. The, I think the next year, if the Clippers are healthy, well, no, we're not talking the Clippers. Are the, so I think the, the East Clippers was down. In this little exercise, the East was down three one, came back, rallied. One five in a row, but so, you you just you literally just did it on your. Well, own. I had you to tilt like, it because you were like hesitating on like. You well, know, I mean, I don't Brooklyn know. Brooklyn Clippers, come on! I'm not hesitating on Brooklyn to the Clippers at full strength. Brooklyn is better for what we know about for this year, but like you're Philly, in the pocket Philly, of Big Philly, West corporation. Philly and Dallas, like who knows, man? Like I, I just think that Dallas is like such an interesting team to talk about because now you have to integrate another ball dominant guard and like Breton's like he might just be terrible right like there's a chance that like Breton's is just really bad and so I don't <sighs> I just I don't get it man like I I truly don't get it and I also the other thing I really don't get I don't understand how Denver didn't make a move they must not feel like there's that upside for them this year as yeah, good as they've been with Jokic you know like Denver to me is that you know they added 
not Jeremy Grant, but like Jeremy Grant, Gary Harris, whatever, they add an extra guy, they get Jamal Murray back, they get Michael Porter back, and all of a sudden, like, there's a lot of talent. And they just didn't do it. And that's, again, like, that's really surprising to me from a team like Denver. So they just must be biding their time, I guess. I don't know. But Phoenix even got better, right? Like, Phoenix yeah, I thought the funniest quote was Davis Bertans, you know, who had been a really good shooter, had been shooting badly the last couple of years since signing a big contract. But he was talking about how he'd be refreshed and reinvigorated. And he's like, you know, have guards who can find me open in spots and pass first guys. And I'm like, Dinwiddie's coming with you, buddy. You know, I mean, like he, you're talking about your point guard. I mean, Bertans, Bertans three for seven from three in his first game. He played 13 minutes and scored 12 points. So I don't know. I mean, Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie, I think played a little bit more than that. I think Dinwiddie played like about 23 minutes and uh, five assists. So I, I, I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see what Dallas does. Cause like on their face, if those guys play to the value of their contracts, it's they're two good additions. And it's, and like we said, Porzingis and Luca was just not a good fit. It just wasn't. And so mm-hmm. this must be, like you said, this must be what they're trying to do now. It's like, all right, Luca is Harden, right. Or Luca is Allen Iverson. And like, we're just going to, we don't need a second guy. We just need the right guys. Well, and then let gave, me ask you this. Like, you know, they Dallas just gave is... Dorian Finney Smith, like $70 million, yeah. too, I like which I liked it. I, yeah. I thought it was a good deal. But like, let's say, because you're saying the middle to lower end playoffs in the West is a little shaky. Dallas has some questions. Denver has a lot of questions. Is it possible Minnesota can win around? They're you know 31 and 27 now. They're the rising team, kind of you know. No, they can't win. They can't win around. They can win a play-in game though, but they can't win around. They're going to be the low. They're going to be the lowest seed. They're going to play Phoenix, and they're just not going to win around. Also, Dorian Finney-Smith got 50 million, not 70, but. That I think Minnesota's good. I think this has been a great if they sneak. I'm thinking if they sneak up to the sixth seed, maybe the fifth seed, can they get one there? of the things I appreciate about this Minnesota team is that they they have good players and they think like I, I've talked about this before, like the Anthony Edwards kind of effect, but like Carl Towns has basically come all the way back, which has been great to see. They they look like they know what they're doing. They're they're reasonably well coached. They're not just gagging games away down the stretch, which is a big deal. And so I don't know. I, I don't know how much upward mobility they have this year. And I don't even know how much upward mobility they have in the future. If like Edwards doesn't take another jump and he, he might be able to, uh, but I don't see them being able to challenge like golden state or Dallas or Denver or any of those teams, to be honest. Like, I just don't <laughs> think, I think they're very clearly like, I would expect them to probably lose to either the Lakers or the Clippers in the play in tournament. Yeah. And the, and the Lakers, it's so interesting. They're not the ninth right now. I mean, you'd have to, Bovada, like, still, like, overvalues them, but, like, I guess they'd be favored against the Clippers in the play in, right? They'd have to be, but they might not even get there. They, be you know? they just got absolutely demolished by the Clippers the other night. And then they, they lost to Portland. And, and I know that, like, there's a lot of issues, but, like, it's just I, shocking to me. Honestly, like, I don't care. They're just not a good team. They're just not. You can't like, tell me like all the excuses, whatever. Westbrook's not a good fit. Davis has been hurt. You're looking, the Clippers, have, the two best guys aren't playing and they're three three wins better than yeah, you. Ty, How is that possible? Ty Lue's going to get like no votes for coach of the year. And I don't know what his Bavada odds are. And I wouldn't bet them just because, again, they're not good enough. But like at the end of the season, like there's a chance we do an award show and I vote Ty Lue coach of the year. Because like that freaking guy, He's really good. And yeah, the like, Clippers. I can remember they did it a few years ago when they traded Kawhi. Or not traded Kawhi. They traded um, who did they get rid of somebody before Kawhi? Blake Griffin. Yeah, the year that they were like thought everyone thought they were tanking, and they ended up in the eighth spot, whatever. With yeah, and they Williams. won two games against yeah. Golden State. But like, 
I don't, I think the Clippers, you know, like they, they, they traded for Robert Covington, which was kind of an interesting deal for them and Norman Powell, obviously, but they also, you know, they got rid of Ibaka and like the, the Clippers next year, if full strength, like you're talking about like Kawhi, Paul George, Norman Powell as a scorer, Robert Covington, like, they are going to be really very diverse and very versatile and like very, very tough. And, and I know we've been waiting for him to put it together for a while and Kawhi's older and who knows what happens with Paul George's arm. Like, but it's hard not to like what the Clippers did for the future, knowing that they're not going to win the title this year. You know, like it's, it's it, to me, it's like they've made some very shrewd moves. No, I think they're one of the best organizations in the league. All right. You got uh, anything else you wanted to talk about? Teams that Super Bowl, we, we kind of Super Bowl was done. fun. It was cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. Like it was kind of a boring game for as close as it was, but it wasn't like well played. I think the Bengals were not a good team. I, I, I think <laughs> in terms of like watching it, like obviously Joe Burrow is good, right? But I think in terms of like their offensive line was so bad in the second yeah. half. Like they 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 stood up in the first half, but like they really still couldn't score. They hit one big pass to Jamar Chase where he legitimately toasted Jalen Ramsey. And then they had the second like the half, push off the OPI, where Jalen Ramsey got his like face mask ripped and they missed it. And those were the only way they could move the ball. The rest of the second half, they couldn't move it at all. And then like... Yeah, it, it sucks for Cincinnati. They, credit for even being in the game because it's like, if your weakness is they offensive every, line... They caught like and, every break possible, right. but the Rams DL was insane in the second half. I mean, like Von Miller, you know, like you said, the stars and scrubs thing, like Von Miller was like it looked like it was super the 2015 Super Bowl again. Like he was so good. And I just think that. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it is kind of like that. Uh, it's, it's a weird way to build a team where it's like you trade all your first round picks, like everything you're not supposed to do, like trade your first round picks, yeah. go for stars, big names. And it worked out. And like, I think that I don't know what's going to happen with the Rams. Like we've heard McVay could retire. We've heard Aaron Donald could retire. Andrew Whitworth could retire. Obviously like that's a big deal, but like, they had a lot of guys that like you felt good for when they won. And I, I'm not yeah. saying that the Bengals weren't a likable team too. They, they, they certainly are, but like, I don't know, like Matt Stafford has this like very odd kind of like stand, like section of people who like really want Matt Stafford to succeed, even though he's just kind of been like a forgettable quarterback. I don't, well, he's like pretty you know good. I mean? He's like, he's like, pretty you know good. what? He has that like Brett Favre, poor man's Brett Favre where he like seems like a gunslinger, lovable gunslinger kind of vibe to him. So he I does think people like him. That. I said, he's, I, I texted this and I was pretty happy with the comparison, but I said he was like Jay Cutler, but he'll take coaching. And that was kind of like, you know, he, he was yeah. good enough for them. And Cooper cup was really good. And he was really o- good. Odell Beckham was, I mean, I think if Beckham doesn't shred his knee, like the Rams win going away probably. Cause they really McVay panicked kind of after that and was like, all right, we have to run the ball like a million times to no avail. Cause they were terrible running the ball, but yeah, I mean, like the Rams were playing without Robert Woods, obviously without Beckham, without their tight end. Yeah, Tyler Higby was hurt. Kendall Blanton, who everyone said is like pretty good, also got hurt in the game. Also, by the way, Eric Weddle like tore his peck and then said yeah. he was going to retire. Like, why is Eric Weddle even on the team? That's one of the most odd things I've ever seen. They just signed him in week 17, right? And he just started. It's kind of a de- is this a kind of a depressing month for sports, though? Because now NFL's over. All-star, March Madness is a month away. All-Star weekend's coming up. The NBA's taking a little break. So I don't know. I mean, it's not. It's not The trade it's deadline's not. over, though, because people love following the drama. So, like, it is going to be a little yeah, bit of a lull. That's the last thing I want to talk about. The NBA trade deadline is unmatched. It is ridiculous. Like, it is the most fantastic in-season. I know people love the NFL draft, like, but the NBA trade deadline is, there's nothing better than, it's just like insane action every single year. I, and, it is. It feels unusual to me. Like, it's the last decade where it's like, 
<laughs> whatever. I mean, literally James Harden gets traded every year. It's like, it's, it's, these are huge names. It's huge deals. Like, and, and yeah. it's like, I, I swear, honestly, like the Harden deal, obviously we were waiting for it to happen. And I think I told you in the morning last week that I did think it was going to happen. I flipped my odds, like after hearing a couple different things. And I was like, I think it's going to happen. But like the Porzingis deal came through on Twitter. I don't remember who reported Shams or Woj, probably Shams. He had a good day. And I legitimately was like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's not many yeah. things that happen. There was a lot of those moments. Like, even yeah. like Sabonis, like you hear Sabonis about Sabonis for traded. Halliburton? Like, that was insane. Yeah, the Halliburton part was very surprising. It was just nuts. And, and so I don't think like, you can underplay like the fun of schadenfreude of like, like the Harden Ben Simmons thing. It's just been so interesting to watch to have the, those storylines. Like it's like an episode of Seinfeld or something yeah, like merged together at the end. It's just like, um, it's, it's too like, you know, sort of mopey, like relatively generational talents that are just like, I don't want to well, be And also anymore. like the crazy thing is like, it was around this time last year or whatever. Harden getting traded to the net. Well, that would happen early in the season. Right. right that's true. But like, I don't think you could understate like, my expectations for that group. Like if I, you would have told me at the time, like they'll, over play, 16, under, they'll play 16 games together. <laughs> if you would have told me over under one and a half titles, I would have taken the over. I thought they were going to win multiple titles together. And yeah, for them to play really, 16 games, not even make the conference like finals a, together. Man, it's like a footnote, honestly. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's just really like, bizarre. We, we got one amazing series after Kyrie got hurt, where Durant was just like supernova against the bucks Harden was basically a shell of himself playing on a, like basically a torn hamstring. And like, that was a fun moment. And that was like the most fun of like the Nets era. Mm. And that's not to say that they won't still win a title. They, they very well might. It's It's weird though. The Clippers who've been, you know, might not win one. And the Nets have never won a title. And those are two, you know, it feels like the snake bit in those two teams. Like they're so close, big market teams. I feel title worthy and they never get there. I am very bullish on the Nets assuming Durant is healthy. Like I do think this team fits really well together. I think they probably extended their title window and that's hard to say because of Harden. I don't know what to expect from Kyrie Irving. Like I have no, I'm doing the shrug emoji. I have no idea, but like Durant and Simmons alone with role players is probably good enough to compete. And then I do like that sense. Like say what you will about Simmons, but like, let's say it all blows up and Durant's hurt and Kyrie goes off the reservation, literally. Um, yeah. You build around Ben Simmons. You can, you can still have a decent core piece in Ben Simmons. For sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's it for uh, us. Let's talk more next week. Hopefully, no, I'm guessing next week's show is going to be a lot less exciting, but we can talk about other stuff. Way less exciting. We could make our celebrity all-star picks. I saw is the it, list. Wait, is, it, is it next week or is it this weekend? Is the all-star oh, game that's is? a good question. I thought, I thought it was next weekend. Let me see. No, I think it's this weekend. I think there's two, one more set of games left. Yeah, it's the 18th. You're right. Oh yeah. my gosh, should we make our picks or not even? We don't. No, I don't even know. I don't even know who's in the dunk contest. Usually, I care about that, but it's been a. But it's my, been one a- of my favorite yearly segments is trying to see how many of the All Star Celebrity Game participants you know. Why don't we do it? You can cut it out if you. Want. All right, go ahead. We'll do it quickly. All right. Okay. <laughs> Just read the, read them, and I'll tell you. If okay. I know. Okay. Ready. Okay, go. <laughs> the coaches are Dominique Wilkins and Bill Walton. Probably okay, I, I know there. I know those two guys. Okay. There are <laughs> 20 people in. Let's see how many you know. Okay. Jimmy Allen. He's a country star. I know him. Oh, I did I did not know that. Noah Carlock. No idea who that is. Okay. Brittany Elena. No idea who that is. Machine Gun Kelly. I know him. Okay. Diarica Hamby. Oh no. There's a probably aren't those aren't they WNBA players in? They're probably, I would guess yeah. so, yeah. Nija Houston. Don't know. Uh, Ma- 
Matt yeah. James. Yeah, he was the bachelor. Yeah, I knew that one too. Quavo, you know. I know him. He plays every year. Yeah, he's good. Revere Singh? No idea. Alex Trussant? I do know him. He's a uh, Peloton instructor. Oh, wow. That's a deep pull. Anderson Verjao. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I know him. <laughs> They're just pulling like old player. Um, annual AA? I don't know. I don't know if that's the name. Mayor Justin Bibb. Tell me if you know any of these people. Kane Brown. Kane Brown's a singer. I know him. Sounds like a country guy. Miles Garrett, you know. I know him. Bobby Gibson. Booby old, Gibson. Uh, oh, Booby Gibson. He plays, it's, it's in Cleveland, right? So he's probably, Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Bobby Gibson, the old Negro League player, I thought. <laughs> Tiffany Bob, Haddish. Bob, and, I know Tiffany Haddish. And Jack Harlow. They're pretty famous. I know Jack Harlow. Krista Jackson. No Anjuli Ranadive. No idea. That could be Vivek's daughter, maybe? Um John Marco Tambourine. No idea. Not a heavy hitting lineup there. You Quavo, knew about five, six. Quavo and Tiffany Haddish, though, that's star power. Yeah, Tiffany Machine Haddish. Machine Gun Kelly and Miles and Miles Garrett. But we're too, a long like, way away from like Kevin Hart and Justin Bieber here. Yeah, that's true. So who are the WNBA players? Derricka Hamby, and then that's it. All right. You want to make your dunk contest pick really quick? Who's in it? I think there's only four people. It's always four people. Um it is well it used to be more i thought they did they used to do eight okay you make your pick you have obi toppin okay cole anthony oh that, that could be fun one of the surprising additions here juan toscano anderson uh, okay i didn't even know he was a dunker. all right i'm gonna and, pick jalen green that's oh, yeah, just jalen green's jalen green has got to be the overwhelming favorite on bovada i have no idea what his odds are but he's probably minus money yeah. i wouldn't obviously i'm never picking juan toscano anderson or uh, Obi Toppin, even though they're probably both Obi Toppin's a legitimately great in-game dunker, but like you don't want to pick tall guys. And he's like a power dunker kind of too. Also, Jalen like, Green, there's going to be a lot of people. This is like the Derek Jones effect where you watch him jump and you're like, what the f-? like? What just happened? Like that's yeah, the Jalen Green, Green is, jump. Cole Anthony he, is a good dunker too, by the way. But Jalen uh, Green, the guy just floats. It's it's incredible stuff. So your picks are Quavo to win. Do you want to? I'll do a really quick three point contest. You gotta Red pick. Van- Luke, you have to pick Luke Kennard. You have to. <laughs> Van Vliet, Desmond Bain, Luke Kennard, Zach Levine, CJ McCollum, Patty Mills, Cat, and Trey Young. I think I would take Luke Kennard. All right, I'm gonna take Patty Mills. You got Kennard, and then okay. Skills Challenge Team Antetokounmpo. That's the three Antetokounmpo brothers. <laughs> I love team that. Team Cavs. Okay. That's Jared Allen, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, or Team Rookies: Scotty Barnes, Cade Cunningham, and Josh Giddy. I'm not taking the Antikumpos, although you have a personal connection with them, I think. I, I, I would take that. the rookies based on that, those teams, honestly. Yeah, that makes sense. Although you do, need somebody, you do need somebody to make a three, and that's going to be – maybe the Cavs are the better better pick, honestly. I don't <laughs> Cleveland know. Cleveland Rocks. Why, why, why can't we get uh, Drew Carey in there? What happened to Drew he, Carey? He might be there. He might be there. All right, that is it for us this week. We'll, we'll be back with a review of this, I think, next week and stuff like that. There's probably not a whole lot going on, but hopefully we'll have some information on when Harden and uh, Simmons are playing. But other than that, he is Zan underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. You can email the show, Ellison at gmail.com. And uh, as always, Zan. Yeah, get ready for the All-Star game. Get, hookers of Cleveland, get ready. Drew Carey's coming to town. Take care. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news. 